624 the time as we continue with more of the Don Haskins show. You, you're breaking the headset. What are, you, what are you doing there? Let me see if I can try to help you, Coach, and, and, and figure this thing out. Um, we are live at Fuddruckers on the west side of town, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Join us, folks. Come on down. Dollar, Coors Light, Long Necks, not to mention the fact that uh, we also have uh, some great prizes that you can sign up and register to win, including a... Uh, 66-line shirt from Sports World. We've got a uh, Amigo Air Show t-shirt as well. Jock Jams Volume 1 and ESPN's High School Phenoms DVD, courtesy of all that music um, on Lee Trevino Drive. I've got a pair of tickets to the tough Hedeman West Texas shootout coming up Saturday night for all of you bull riding fans. And Coach, right now, we've got another great guest uh, joining us here on the show. i tell you what. <clears throat> You know, I don't know Don real well. I've just followed him over the years. Yeah. And he started with Jack Quarles, who got Coronado going real well. And uh, this guy's done a fantastic job of coaching. And Don, I, went, I sneaked over to watch you play once this year. And uh, I thought you had a heck of a football team. Some of the guys before, I, I love Lance Taylor. Of course, everybody else did, too. That was no secret. But what was the big guy's name that become a back out of UTEP, about 6'3"? He's one of the best running backs ever, so. Terreno Singleton? That be who? Singleton, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Terreno, actually. We, I graduated high school oh, with Terreno. Oh, man. I'll we went to school what. together. Uh, what a runner. Terreno, it's really funny, Coach, because Terreno is one of those guys where I'll look back at and I thought to myself, he was built like an NFL player in high school. He was just put together, and it's a shame. When you think about one player who, it just disappoints me that he was never able to get his life straight off the field to, to excel on the field, it's definitely T. He did. You know, he was a great guy in school. He never gave us any problems, but sometimes I think he was more of a follower than a leader, and sometimes yeah. you get him in trouble, and that's kind of what happened. But he was a specimen. Yeah. You know, he's about 6'3", 220, and ran a 4'5", and probably didn't have an ounce of body fat. They talk about Ebok not having body fat, but this kid did not either. How many years have you been at Coronado now coaching football altogether? Well, I came in 72 to work with Coach Quarles, and then 77 when Jack left, I got the head job. Where'd you, where were you before 72? Well, I was at Moorhead for a couple of years, and then I coached in Oklahoma. I coached at my hometown, Crescent, for three years, then I coached, well, I coached at Laverne one, then I coached at Crescent for three, and then I went to Fairview for one. You're smiling. Why is that, Coach? <clears throat> I wasn't aware that Don was from Oklahoma, and not only are we both from Oklahoma, but Crescent's how far from me it's? Probably 25, 30 25, miles 25, 30 most. miles, so, yeah. and all the towns that he mentioned are towns around Enid, Oklahoma, Fairview, uh, where else did you say? And Laverne. Laverne. They're all, they're all uh, uh, towns that um, basically are close to the Oklahoma Panhandle. Right, and then I went to Alva, which is also Alva. close to Enid. He, he played, played at Northwestern. North, right, uh, a great little school. Did you know, growing up in, in that area, in that part of Oklahoma, getting your start uh, coaching at that time, that uh, did, you know, did you know all about this man? No, I think, uh, you know, I knew he played, but I didn't really know because, you know, Stillwater's pretty close to Crescent also. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes we might go over for a game or something. And uh, I know one time, well, she pretended they were recruiting me, but I don't think they were. But at least he got his tickets in to see Will Chamberlain play. That's pretty good in itself. Um, you come to uh, Coronado in 72, and um, the dynasty kind of began shortly thereafter. It's really amazing, if you think about it, Coach, that we're talking now 35 years of, coach, of coaching high school football at the same school. It's, it's almost as rare as coaching college basketball for 38 years in the same school. It is. You know, uh, I had no idea I'd be there that long or still be there. Or, but the one thing about it, it's been a great job, and it's been fun, and it's still fun is what I like about it. I like the fact that this past year, some of the doubters and the people that might have been thinking to themselves, well, does Don Brooks still have it? Can he still coach? Can he still win? Well, you proved all those naysayers with uh, an incredible season, a, a strong trip into the playoffs for you, and obviously a, a chance to try to build off of that foundation again here in the 2007 season. Well, we hope to, you know, we're uh, going to be a little bit smaller, but hopefully we'll be a little bit quicker. So we'll try to build on that and we're going to have to do a good job of coaching this year to get them ready to play. Yeah. Don, you do that every year. Every year that, that I've watched and uh, read the papers, I keep up with you closely. Uh, I know my boys went to Coronado, and they all, none of them played football, but uh, they always had great things to say about you. And, you know, this about getting too old. I don't know. Uh, I think you get a little smarter, too, don't you, Don? That's well, kind of the way I saw it when they told me I was getting too old. Well, I think you get a little smarter, but, you know, sometimes and I might need to get you to come back and help me this fall because sometimes I think I'm mellow with age, and and I'm sure you that's, have it, so I could get you no, to come no. back and help me there. Don, have you ever seen <clears> – I, I used to hear this about every 10 years, you know, guys that come back and say, Coach, you're not as hard on them as you used to be. And we all said that, like when I was going to Oklahoma A&M and uh, the legendary Hank Ivey was the coach, I quit every day for four years. And guys would come back and say, you guys are really lucky he's not as hard on as he used to be. I think that's just, uh, uh, I, th I think it's something that all of them bring back. But yeah. obviously this past year, uh, you were hard enough on them for them to do great things. And uh, it was a lot of fun following Coronado this past year. And it's got to where uh, one of the things that has happened is Franklin uh, has split. Coronado and Franklin have split. I mean, they're, they're dividing players. And I'm not sure. What's your enrollment? I think this next year is going to be about 2,500 with freshmen and everything, and I think uh, probably Franklin's going to have about 42 from what I hear, including wow. the freshmen. That's, that's why uh, they won't go to the high school. That's a big difference. That's a that's huge a, difference. That's a huge difference. How about Kenya Teal? I'm kind of wondering with them growing with that new high school and the new area and the new, uh, you know, what they're building, what are they expecting with, uh, with Kenya Teal? Well, I think... Of course, they're in a different district. But Canyon yeah. Tia right now is doing everything they do. I mean, everything they need to do to have a good football team, a good athletic program. 
they built a new field, they built a new field house. And you know, uh, my son Scott's head coach over there, and uh, this year when we went up to scrimmage him, he says, you know, Dad, he says, when I applied for this job six years ago, nobody wanted it, and he said, now everybody wants it. Yeah. So they're doing pretty good things over Boy, there. The, what a growing, I, I cannot believe that little town of uh, Canyon, what class are they in? Well, they're 4A, but in probably 4A. four years, they'll be 5A. See, and the thing that we're noticing also is as the new homes are being built and developed in that area, every kid is going to Kenyatillo. So all of a sudden, what was at one time a very small and kind of localized campus is just growing by leaps and bounds. And, and Coach, soon enough, it's going to become a, a power just like Franklin and Coronado have been for years on the west side. You know, that's true. Used to, we used to get a lot of players from Kenyatillo. The parents would pay tuition or somehow get their kids before Franklin came into Coronado. And then I think they did that. Franklin was able to do that. And now, you're right, the kids that belong to Kenyatillo want to go to Kenyatillo. And that's where the growth is. 880-5763-880-KRD is our telephone number. If you want to get in with the Bear and Coach Don Brooks from Coronado High, now is definitely the time to do it here on the show. You know, speaking of Franklin for a moment, I heard yesterday, Coach, that they are reopening that uh, football head coaching position. Apparently, one of the, or two of their finalists uh, declined uh, to take the job, and now they're listing it again. Did that come as a little bit of a surprise to you because... For some of us that have been following Franklin and realizing what a you know, big job that is, really, in the scope of high school football in El Paso, we're a little surprised to see that now they're having to re, uh, reopen the, uh, the, the, the uh, head coaching position. That's what I understand. And I think, from what I heard, the one that supposedly got the position was a here before in Costa Scoro, and he should have known what El Paso was like when yeah. he applied. And uh, I don't know why he turned it down, or I don't know whether two turned it down, but I did hear he turned it down, and he was the first choice. Well, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but then again, I guess it gives some people an opportunity to try to get that job. Maybe those that either didn't apply the first time or did and didn't get as far, and now they might realize that, hey, they could parlay this into a, one of the premier coaching jobs in El Paso. It is a good position. You know, they're going to have material. It's going to be a good job regardless of the conditions just because the talent that they have and they have good talent you know and uh, we're coming back a little bit like coach Haskins said you know when they built Franklin it hurt us a lot and we were down to 4A easily of course they wouldn't let us drop but because it wasn't a 4A district here at that time but we're starting to come back and you know the newness is wearing off of Franklin and I know we had a coach, and I'm not going to say names or anything, but he applied, and it's not football, it's another sport, applied for Franklin's job when it came open. I said, why would you apply for Franklin? Because, you know, I'm kind of loyal to Coronado. He says, well, have you ever drove by Coronado? I said, every day. But I said, it's not what it looks like on the outside, it's what it looks like on the inside. And, you know, we have a great principal, and and, uh, we have great discipline and great academics, so... You know, I can't see why anybody else would want to go somewhere else. Don Brooks, Coronado Head Football Coach, joining us on the Don Haskins Show as we continue. Why is it so hard to find loyalty 
regarding uh, not only high school football, but high school athletics, period. Why, why is it that we don't see um, individuals? Well, I guess we've seen it with Alan Sepkowitz at, at Andrews High. We've seen what he's been able to do. But they're just a lot of coaches move around and, and go from, from school to school. Why is it that, that you've stayed at Coronado all these years and have stayed loyal to this, to this school? Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I applied for jobs there in the 80s two or three times. And... Uh, it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with Coronado High other than I didn't think we were going in the right direction with the leadership we had at that time. But outside of that, I think some coaches, and, uh, you know, one coach told me one time, keep mobile, keep moving if you want to move up. And that's a story that I really don't believe. But at the same time, maybe if you're in the right situation, it may be. Coach, I see a lot of similarities between the two of you sitting down right now, don't you? Okies hanging there together. Is that what it's all yeah, about? Yeah, we just don't leave. We get started, Don, like Don, and, and we stay. Don, I wanted to ask you a question about, uh, now, you say Franklin's about 4,200. What is the largest high school in uh, uh, El Paso, Texas? In El Paso? Is anybody think, any bigger uh, than that? I think America's is the largest. Really? What and, are they? Well, they're pretty close. They're about 44, I think. But I'm now not what, positive. What about Andrews? Andrews is right at the line. Each year we think they're going to go back to 5A, but each year they kind of move it up. And, but if the military comes through, Andrews will probably be back in 5A. But Andrews right. got about two, probably 1,900 or something. Would you like to see Andrews back in 5A? You know, it doesn't matter. We had good games. Uh, their speed, you know, kind of separates them from some people because they have a lot of speed at Andrews. But in years past, why, sometimes why we've that? had. Don, why is it? Well, Kids you know, from the uh, service families? Yes, moving in and out. Yeah. And, and, you know, ours is a pretty stable area. Yeah. And we don't get too many move-ins. We, we get more move-outs than we do move-ins. At the same time, there are some schools um, in El Paso that have feeders and allow those feeder schools to run the same offenses, the same kind of styles that you're going to play at that high school. Do you have that luxury? Do you, does, uh, does Moorhead run the similar style offense and, and defense that, that you do at Coronado? We do now because we have one of my ex-players coaching down there. But it, it's hard to do when you're at Lincoln because you feed both Coronado and Franklin. But used to, we were used to run similar offenses and defenses, so it didn't really matter. And then Franklin learned how to throw the football. And, that changed You know, everything. that changed a little bit. So uh, kids like to run and catch and throw. And we did a little bit more of that this year. We had some people that could. And, uh, but I think uh, it's hard when you got feeding one high school, one, one junior high feeding two high schools, I mean. I look at... 5A right now, and since realignment, it seems like it's getting more and more difficult for 5A schools to get out of the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. It's not like it used to be when you had one 5A and two 5A. Now they're all combined into a giant 5A uh, district, and it almost seems like um, the UIL is making it tougher and tougher for El Paso uh, 5A schools to have that kind of magical run like we've seen in the past. You know, uh, I hate to say this, but I don't think we did a real good job of coaching in the playoff game. We had some kids hurt. But we should be able to play on the next level. You know, I felt like this year 
we beat Midland, and Midland got in the playoffs, and they went one round. And uh, But we did have some injuries due to some defensive ends and everything. But at the same time, I think we've got the people, probably if anything, we're hurting for speed, and that's the main thing. But outside of that, we had a good line. Our backs are strong. They run hard. But we just don't have that breakaway speed that some of the teams in the state have. However, that's something that we've seen in the past at Coronado and very well could be coming up in the next few years. That's right. You know, when T came, like Coach was talking about, uh, I never did know he was going to be there, and all of a sudden he's there, and it was a great deal for us. Have we ever seen a better player at Coronado than Lance Taylor? Everybody always talks about him, the dynamic, the impact that he had on uh, the defensive side of the football. Have you ever seen anybody that's been able to affect a game like him? No, but I think we've had better athletes, but I don't think we've ever had a better player because he played with his heart, and besides that, he had some ability. Yes, just a and, little bit, uh, that's for sure. And he used that, you know, like I know one time, and I'm going to tell this on Coach Quarles. Coach Quarles made Lance mad one day, and his son was running, Jack Frank was running burger defense, and uh, next play, Lance killed somebody almost. And, <laughs> Uh, I noticed Jack says, Jack Frank, come over here and run some off, some defense with us. So he got him out of there because Lance was a great ball player, and that's one thing he would do. I even heard, you know, about hitting Campbell at Texas, and yeah. they said that, you know, that's a pretty good battle between them two. It's pretty good stories. But Lance, you know, his speed wasn't great, but at the same time, he didn't make mistakes. More with Coronado High School head football coach Don Brooks as we continue on the Don Haskins Show live from Fuddruckers West right after this on News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue from Fuddruckers on the west side of town. It's the Don Haskins Show. Our special guest, Don Brooks, uh, Coronado head coach since 1977. Coach Haskins, listen to these stats about uh, Coach Brooks. 194 wins, that's second all-time in the history of El Paso high school football, 18 district titles, and a member of the El Paso Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, I think it's great, and he deserves every bit of it. Uh, I had no idea you'd won that many games, Don. That, that's awesome. I didn't either. Uh, yes, sure, you did. I, uh, I, I, I don't want to thank I... I uh, Really? You know, I, last time I checked, I was like about 184 or anything. But well, we got this from Steve Hill. Well, and and I guarantee you, know, if you well, got it from if, Steve, it, it's, it's correct. It's, it's exactly. correct. I'll tell you <laughs> exactly. what. You talk about a football uh, or a sports historian, Steve Hill's it. What was it like for you uh, to be a part of Mike Price's coaching staff uh, for Team Texas with the Texas versus the Nation game last Friday? You know, it was great when Kenny Hanspire, who put on the Texas First Nation, called me and asked, asked me if I would do it. And I told him, I said, you know, if Coach Price wants me, I'll do it. And I said, if he doesn't, then I won't do it. And Coach Price said he wanted me. Really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Met a lot of good players. Uh, it was great. And, uh, you know, the El Paso uh, Kenny Owen and Miss Morales, the principal, was good enough to let me miss school that whole week. And, of course, I hung out there in Walker. He was able to coach there, too. And it, it was a great experience. Hey, Don, um, you know, this all-star games, I know in basketball you can 
almost forget them. You know, you just go over and kind of turn them loose and what have you. But in football, you know, you got to line up. You got to have a few plays. I don't understand that. But that all-star game is the best that I have ever watched. You know, I think. Uh, what do you, how, how many hours a day did you practice? Well, we only practiced two. But one day we uh, scrimmaged the other team, and I think that fired everybody up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, wanted them to win the game because uh, I know Buddy Ryan was mad because we beat him in the scrimmage. And then, of course, you know, Buddy Ryan, he's going to He's mad to about work. everything. Right? He's going to go to the you know, and try to beat you. Uh, yeah. Buddy Ryan went to Oklahoma uh, A&M, Oklahoma State, and uh, about the same time I did, and he called me. We we talked for a while. He was laughing and joking. I've always watched him, and I knew I'd always heard that uh, he'd gone there, and I didn't want to tell him that I don't remember him as a football player. But uh, obviously, he was on the team. You know, he wasn't real big, and I don't know whether he's real fast or not. But uh... and we wasn't very good about that time either. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the thing I remember about going to Oklahoma State and watching football games is that end zone, you could get in for 50 cents, and that was great for high yeah. school football players. You know, down at that end where the uh, Gallagher Hall was? Right. That was where, uh, that was, uh, where I stayed until I got married. And uh, little, right by the training room, we had a little apartment. Yeah. And I don't know how I, how I got lucky enough to be there, but it was great. You'd look right out on Lewis Stadium. Now it's uh, T. Boone Pickens Stadium. 880-5763, 880-KRD. As we continue with Don Brooks, you want to get in, have a question for the Bear or Coach Brooks, this is definitely the time to do it as we roll right along. Don't forget, caller of the show will win themselves a $50 Border Bucks card from Howdy's, an official sponsor of the Don Haskins Show. $50 Border Bucks card on the line for the caller of the show. You spend so many years with high school athletes. When you see these college all-stars, guys that have a great chance to play pro ball, whether it's in the NFL, arena, Europe, or the CFL, what were the, was the biggest differences you noticed? Was it the size, the speed, a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. You know, I helped coach the line, Coach Livingston and I. And, uh, you know, we had two specimens from Louisville, and they had a pretty good football team. They were on the line. Unfortunately, one of them got hurt yeah. and didn't play in the finals. But those young men can run, and they're strong. Probably of all the kids we had, uh, maybe only two or three of them might not have a chance. Well, it just goes to show you that the kind of talent that was there. I was impressed with the crowd. I thought uh, they announced 21,300, but I thought there was closer to 25,000 on kickoff. You know, we worried about that all week because the weather was cold and it was raining and practices were cold, and we really worried about it. And I kept telling Kenny that who put on the... I said, you know, El Paso is notorious for showing up late and waiting to see what the weather is before they buy tickets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, now I heard the other day, I don't know where I heard it, but uh, uh, they're more than likely going to have that game again. And if they'd start at six, if they could, you know, it's nationally televised and uh, television, uh, they tell you play 12 in, at night, uh, that's when you're going to play. 
But if they start the game at 5 or 6 or have an afternoon game? They're talking right now about Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, the day before okay, the Okay, I'll tell you what. They'll get 40000 Probably will. There's also talk that Mike Ditka could be coaching Team Texas next year. Oh, uh, that would be absolutely great. Can you imagine, Coach Brooks? Ditka against Buddy Ryan. Two guys that were on the same coaching <laughs> staff in Chicago who could be going head-to-head in El Paso next and, year. And, uh, well, they might have uh, and they were always arguing. We might have... <laughs> We might have a fight at midfield there. <laughs> I was going to say, with those two personalities, that would make one of the more entertaining football games for All-Stars. That's for sure. It would, and it would get a lot of press. and It would be great for El Paso, to be honest with you. So it sounds to me like you worked on the line with Coach Livingston, and you had a chance to see a little bit about how Mike Price's staff, some of his coaches, are, are able to, uh, to really work out with these players. Did you notice a lot of differences in terms of the preparation and, and the way things were handled leading up to game time? Well, I imagine, uh, you know, UTEP goes in a lot more preparation because when you only practice five days and play, You've got to be very simple, and we were. And, uh, of course, there's supposed to be a gentleman's agreement. You can only send one linebacker, but I think I saw two coming every once in a while on our offensive I, line. I, I, don't know much of, I don't know much about football, but I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a phone call right now. We've got David from the west side of town. 8805763 is our number. David, thanks for the call. You're on with The Bear and Don Brooks. Thank you, Steve. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, How, just, uh, How you doing? Question. I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, quick question for Coach Brooks. As far as you know, high school football, do you think we'll ever get a state championship you know, out of El Paso? I know you came close you know, getting to the state level, and we've had some teams you know, go pretty far. What do you think it would take, and do you think it will happen you know, in the next five to ten years? Or Great. do you think because of the way El Paso is growing, talent's going to be so diluted, it's going to be difficult to get to that point. You know, I think what Hotel Paso is, we've got a lot of high schools. We don't seem like we do, but we do. In fact, I talked to the school board about two or three weeks ago, and there was some talk of building another west side school. But I think, like you said, you know, uh, we're about landlocked, and I don't see, you know, splitting up the level that way again because – when they built Franklin, it really hurt Coronado. And part of that was the way they handled it, but part of it was also everybody wanted to go to a new high school. And I think we have too many high schools. But I think, you know, Chapin had a great run, and uh, I think he does a great job. And uh, right now, you know, it's going to take some speed and some size to get to the next level, but I think it's possible. When Lance Taylor played, you know, he told our kids the next year we got to the quarterfinals and got beat on penetrations. And he told our players, you know, two things. He says, part of it's got to be luck, but also you got to believe you can. And I think that's what El Paso has to do is make sure that their players and town, everybody believes that it can happen and it might happen. David, great question. Thanks for getting through. Thanks for the phone call. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Don. Uh, how many high schools do we have in El Paso, Texas? I think I was counting, counting Canyon T and Fabus and all them. I think we're up to about 24 or something like that. Oh, man. You know, I remember when the Odessa uh, was, and they're still doing real well. Now, they're still with two schools, aren't they? 
Yes, they are. You know, yeah. they had three and, and in that game, and two. then they went to two. Who's yes. the uh, yeah. originally when you came? I know now it's Odessa High and Odessa Permian. Who was the third? Hector, Odessa Hector. Okay. And uh, they I were a class below, but that. they were there. Yeah. yeah. The uh, I don't know how big Odessa is, but uh, what is it? Hundred thousand, maybe. I don't know what. I it think is. it's a little over now. Yeah. Of course, they got the oil boom. You split up again. two schools with I that know. many people. I know. And you're going to have now. It's it's going to help you. Here's another thing, Coach Brooks. You've been an educator all your years at Coronado, in addition to coaching football. Seeing some of the coaches, actually lots of the coaches in the Permian area and in, in the Metroplexes, who strictly are coaches, they don't teach, and they they. They hire you to coach a football team. You know, how much does that take away from preparation and, and some of the uh, extra time you can have? Do you buy into the philosophy that if you are not educating and you are just strictly a coach, you have that extra advantage over, over coaches in El Paso? Well, I think you do because you can watch film all morning. And uh, while they're watching film, we're teaching government or economics or some of them math and different things. But... You know, it's been that way all along, and I'm not sure it's going to change. But at the same time, you know, coaches in El Paso, we need to work. And uh, we need to take advantage of the time that we do have and use it wisely. I know some coaches now don't even work on Sunday in, in El Paso, but we try to work. I think if you asked coaches, actually not coaches, but, but, but people here in, in town and other areas about, you know, coaches being educators, they would probably tell you that, yes, they would rather see coaches for high school sports teach in addition to coaching. And I think that that would almost level the playing field in a lot of areas. You know, I'll, I'll say one thing. I love to have a class because you get to know the other students. Yeah. And you kind of, but at the same time, during the season, it's kind of tough sometimes, especially when you get in the playoffs and you're playing on Saturdays. Um, Don. Is it my understanding now, I, I know that you teach. Do we have coaches in town in football that don't teach a class? Not in town. I, I don't think so. But okay, I well, think I'm, maybe they did that at Clint or something. Maybe. I don't think anyone. Odessa, Midland, yeah. all those big uh, football schools, they are strictly coaches. I know. Uh, in that, uh, it's a, it's and that's, fascinating. That's got to give them a tremendous advantage. Absolutely. Coach Brooks, can't thank you enough for spending the hour with us. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, come back and see us again so we can talk more football, more high school football with you. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you and Don and uh, for having me. I appreciate being here. It was a pleasure. I want to thank Don Brooks, also Tracy Chenault-Shank, our licensed massage therapist who started our hour. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up live from Fuddruckers. We'll be back with Billy Gillespie, the Texas A&M head coach at 720 right here on KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live. It's the Don Haskins Show from Fuddruckers on the west side of town. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Hall of Famer. It's the Bear, Don Haskins, 880-5763, 880-KROD, our telephone number as we begin our number two live from 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Don't forget, folks, great, great specials tonight. We've got Dollar Coors and Coors Light Long Necks. That is a tremendous deal in itself. Dollar Coors and Coors Light Long Necks, plus... 
You mentioned the name Don Haskins. You're going to save 15% off your meal. And uh, just all you got to do is say the bear, save 10% off your meal. We've got Billy Gillespie joining us about 15 minutes from now. But, uh, Coach, you were just stopped by Jessica from uh, KDBC Channel 4 and giving a little bit of an interview on um, Wade Phillips. And I haven't gotten your reaction yet to that as Wade named the uh, Dallas Cowboys' new head coach. And your thoughts on uh, the decision by Jerry Jones today? Well, um, I haven't been a Jerry Jones fan, but uh, I think finally uh, he did right. I think Wade will make him a, a tremendous coach. Uh, uh, I don't know how much influence he still gets from his dad, but uh, um, uh, I've watched him every place he's been, and he's done a great job. Well, he's been in Denver. He's been in uh, Buffalo. He's been in Atlanta, New Orleans, and now San Diego as an assistant. Very successful 3-4 defense, and you've always been a Cowboys fan. I know that. I believe you have anyway. I think not you're a Cowboys really. fan. You know, you're not a big Cowboys fan? Well, um... I'm not a Jerry Jones fan, but... Uh, uh, Were you a Tex Schramm fan? Oh, sir, certainly, and, yeah. and uh, Tom Landry. Yeah. And as you'll remember, when Jerry Jones first came to, uh, to Dallas, bought yeah. the team, uh, he fired Tom Landry in the newspaper. <laughs> I do So I've had that. a hard time with that ever since. And, yeah. And, of course, uh, you know, they got going pretty good, and... Uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, won Super Bowl, and he fired him over not inviting him to sit down at a cocktail party. And I remember. I well. guess that's his prerogative, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying. And uh, now that Wade's there, yeah, I'm, I'm a Cowboy fan. Good to hear. Eight eight zero five seven six three. If you want to get into the show, eight eight zero K R O D. As we continue live on the Don Haskins Show, caller of the night will win a fifty dollar Border Bucks card from Howdy's. David called in last hour from the West Side. He's been our only caller so far. So many of you out there, if you're listening, give us a call. You very easily could walk away a winner of that fifty dollar Border Bucks card from Howdy's here on the Don Haskins Show tonight. Plus, we've got some great prizes we're going to be giving away live from Fuddruckers after the show. So the only way you can join us is either by the phones or you can join us here in the bar at 5030 North Desert Boulevard for uh, Fuddruckers. Um, we saw some big-time games this past week. We're going to get uh, Billy Gillespie on the phones with us in just a little bit to talk about that game against Texas, that big oh, victory. Um, and then uh, Doc turns around the next day and beats Bobby Knight. How about, how about uh, uh, Billy beating, uh, or Texas A&M, yeah. beating Kansas? That's another what, big one. At what, Kansas. What a game. You know, you're talking about six and eight in the nation going against each other. And uh, Billy calls me all the time, and Doc does too. That's great. And uh, Billy called after he beat, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it was on a Thursday night. He said, how am I going to play Kansas or, or Texas? And I said, maybe the same way you played uh, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, go out and guard him. And he does a tremendous job uh, of playing defense. Uh, uh, you know, I think Texas scored 82 points, and they beat him about 18, 100 to 82. Yeah. And that's the most points he's given up this year. So 
you know, anytime you play defense that well, um, you can shoot 35% and you still got a chance. And I know that is what Tony Barbie is uh, trying to get our team to do. And in most parts we have. But uh, uh, they gave up the 82 pretty well much after the game was over. Then, as you said, Doc uh, Sadler went over and played a box and won. Yep. For people out there that don't know what that is, that's a four-man zone and one guy chasing. Jarius Jackson held him five points. Um, you know, he's averaging 22 or 23 a game, got 30 here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've wondered why somebody hadn't tried that before. Maybe but I think after else? Nebraska being there and hold them to 59, yeah. uh, we'll see it again. Let's go to the phones right now. We've got Mike standing by from the east side of town as uh, the Don Haskins Show continues live from Fuddruckers. Mike, thanks for the call. You're on with the Hall of Famer. Uh, thank you, Steve, and uh, good evening, Coach. I have a, kind of a, a, a two questions for you. Speaking right. of the NFL, who would you say uh, that you remember is probably the best NFL team that you've seen uh, you know, in the Super Bowl era. And secondly, uh, how would you grade uh, Doc Sadler's uh, performance there in Nebraska so far this year? I, you know how you feel about how Billy's done, but uh, what about Doc Sadler in Nebraska? And I'll hang up. Thank you. Great oh. questions, Mike. Thanks for the call. Now, as far as, was he talking about the best Super Bowl team? Yes, since the Super Bowl era, which best NFL team that uh, you know the seen? team that Don Shula coached uh, that never lost a game? Uh, the 72 Dolphins. Is that 72? Yeah. Boy, they were pretty good, and there's been some great teams. I thought Indianapolis this year was very good. And, you know, their quarterback, I don't know I don't know that much about football, but we take uh, Peyton Manning and put him on the Chicago side of the field, Yeah. and Chicago wins. Oh, without a doubt. So, uh, and that's not taking anything away from Rex Grossman. We're just talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever walked and uh, Doc Sadler uh, the question is what Steve grade Doc's job at Nebraska grade it I tell you what let those fans at Nebraska grade it for you they will be uh, well um, <laughs> uh, they you know got, that they've got 10,500 season tickets so that's and, pretty great and they can play uh, anybody now they can play a division three team yeah. And they fill it up. And I'd always heard that Nebraska was just a football school. Now, maybe there's not a heck of a lot to do in Lincoln in the winter, but they fill that thing up every night. And uh, I heard from their athletic director here a while back, and uh, uh, Doc will have a hard time leaving there. Somebody will have to pay him a lot of money. He is a whale of a coach. You know, we've had... Uh, 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 Billy Gillespie uh, and Doc Sadler worked under him one year, and uh, now we have uh, we got a bright young coach, and he'll you know he's going to do fine. He just got a lot, a lot, a lot of young players. Eight eight zero five seven six three eight eight zero K R O D. If you want to follow Mike's call up with a question for the Bear, this is the time to do it. As we're here till eight o'clock tonight on the Don Haskins Show, live from Fuddruckers. Billy Gillespie will be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll talk live on the phone lines to the Texas A&M head coach. And you know, I'm kind of excited when we'll see a Doc against Gillespie in a couple of weeks when Nebraska, I believe. Uh, no, that's this Saturday. That's this Saturday. This Saturday. In, I think. Uh, is it in Lincoln or is it right. in College Station? No, it's in Lincoln. 
and uh, that'll be quite a battle. Kind of, I think that'll be Billy, kind of an emotional night huh? too. That'll be a pretty emotional night for for two guys that are best friends uh, off the court who are gonna have uh, to uh, coach. You on know, the court. I always hate to play against good friends. Uh, I remember playing against my college coach, uh, uh, Miss Driver, and the first year I was here, it was already scheduled, and there was a game scheduled the next year here in El Paso, mm -hmm. and uh, George McCarty, I think, had put that together, and uh, we lost by five or six that year over there. Uh, we'd beaten Iowa State and uh, played Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, we also played Tulsa, who was very good. But, you know, we won one of the three, and I thought it was pretty good. And the following year, we had uh, Jim Barnes and uh, Nolan and company, and we beat uh, Oklahoma State. Was that tough for you emotionally? Yeah, when, uh, sure you, was. You beat your mentor? In fact, I've got, you know, Mr. Iba's son, Moe, sitting there with me. Yeah. And Moe says, I hope we beat him, but I hope we beat him by just one. And I wasn't I wasn't agreeable to that. I wanted to... I didn't want it that close. <laughs> but uh, now how tough would that be sitting on the opposite bench playing your dad? Yeah, that's... And that'd be tough. I, I thought it'd be tough for you. But it was probably even tougher for Mo. Oh, it was. It was much situation. tougher for Mo. So, but uh, then again, it was the start of, of something special. And, and we never played again. Yeah. And like uh, we got in this conversation, do you like to play your friends? I never did. You played uh, Tim Floyd at uh, Iowa State. He talked me into going down there. And um, finally, you know, he said he wanted me to come to their tournament. Yeah. And the deal was he's going to take me pheasant hunting. And, uh, uh, you know, we won our first game. He won his first game. So we played. And, and uh, you know, he had a heck of a team. Yeah. And they beat us about 10. But after the game, a reporter asked me what I thought. And I said, well, I got five pheasants today and four free throws. Tim got 32, and <laughs> Tim said, you know, he's trying to shush me. He didn't want to hear any more about that, but I talked a lot about it. That's pretty good. 880-5763-880-KROD yeah. is our telephone number. 17 after the hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, Billy Gillespie will join us on the phone lines. We'll have the Texas A&M head coach as we continue from Fuddruckers with more in a moment on News Radio KROD. AM 600 KROD. All right, welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from Fuddruckers on the west side of town. More of the Don Haskins Show right now, and as promised, very special treat for you uh, joining us live on the phone lines. It doesn't get much better right now than this man, who is uh, without a doubt one of the uh, hottest names in all of college basketball, the head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies, Billy Gillespie, and uh, Coach being a former minor head coach and now uh, very, very successful out in the Big 12. We appreciate you taking time after uh, your coach's show and uh, joining us on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, Billy, how you doing? 
Coach, I'm doing great. How, how, you doing? how was practice today? It was the best we had all year, Coach. You're kidding. And there's, I there's never there. heard a coach say that before. <laughs> well, say it was great. I said it was the best <laughs> we had all year. <laughs> hey, you better, you better practice good because you're going to go over and play Doc at Lincoln this Saturday. Is that correct? Um, I, 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 don't, I wish we didn't have to go up there. He's got them playing well. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, he does. And you do. Well, I think you do too. What kind of a game do you expect over there? Uh, you know, they, they, I don't know how much you've seen them play. Doc's done a fantastic I've watched him job. play two or three times. Well, he, coach, he gives them a chance to win every single time. And that's what a great coach. What, what do you mean by that? Well, he, he, he gets they, back they, on defense and does all those little <laughs> things. Gets back on D and, and, and guards you. And guards you. Guard you, uh, depending on all, all those things, it's not fun for <laughs> yeah, players. <laughs> all, all, the, all the things that, that nobody really likes to want to do, but you have to do to win. But That's true. He's doing great. Coach, you're not doing too bad yourself this season. Is this about where you expected or hoped uh, you would be at this point? Steve, I, I really don't know how you go, go through and... and and get a plan on where you should be at any point. I, I think coach, uh, fans look at it differently, but I think, I think coaches just try to survive day to day, and, and I know that's all I ever try to do, is uh, just try to survive day to day and, and uh, hope that you can stay healthy and hope that hope that no matter what happened in your, in your last game, you get better before your next one. Hey, Billy, uh, those hard practices you have every day, do you think it has anything to do with it? Uh, you work. You work on getting back on defense and guarding someone and blocking out. You know, it's it's the little things, and uh, uh, you know I think you got a group of guys really that have bought into what you're uh, trying to do, and I know what you mean about wins and losses. Aren't you 19 and three now or 18 and three? Uh, we we got we got 20, coach. We're 20 and three right now. So. Good night. That's right. <laughs> you were 18 and three, and went over and beat Kansas, and then uh, beat Texas. That's, uh, that's right. That that isn't fun playing against a guy that uh, um, took you on as an assistant, and uh, I, it's more fun to win than lose. But it's not fun, is it? No, it's not fun. It, it's you know the the time before the game and and the time after the game are very difficult. Once the game starts, you know. Uh, it's a game, and, and we all have jobs to do, and we got to perform. But for the time before and after, you don't want to see anything bad happen to your friends, and, and no. you want to win. <laughs> and you want to win. Like you said, it's a lot better to win than lose. But it is. It's, it's hard. At the same time, two of your closest friends in the business are in the same conference as you, and that's kind of a unique situation. I don't think we have too many, uh, you know, uh, situations right now, Coach, like uh, you, Doc, and, of course, uh, of course, Bill Self, all coaching in the same uh, conference. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, how many times that happens or whatever, but I know, I know it's, it's awfully fun watching their teams because I can learn so much from watching their teams, but... It is difficult trying to prepare against a great friend. Uh, <clears throat> Billy, I know you brought uh, the high-low post from uh, Bill Self uh, when you worked with him at Illinois. Uh, how many years did you work with Bill? I was oh, you were, with the, well, you were with him at Tulsa. Yeah, I, I was at Tulsa. for. Uh, we were there together for three, and then we went to Illinois 
pursue, uh, and then, then uh, I ended up going to well, a I, I, November. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, you run that high-low post here and made a believer out of me. And uh, back in the 80s, we used to do it similar, but not as well as you did. Because one of the things you do extremely well, when you're coming down uh, the floor, whichever side you go to, for, normally before they shoot, um, you you make the ball go to both sides, which makes the defense move from side to side. Doc Sadler was with you one year, uh, pretty much the same way with defense. I don't know. See, Doc had never been a head coach before, but he obviously built in to uh, what you were doing because right now he runs the high-low post just like he did here. And... Uh, uh, now, when you played Bill Self, it now looked like two people, uh, carbon copies. And uh, it's kind of fun to see, you know, I know you a heck of a lot better than Bill, and you're my friend, and uh, he is too, but uh, uh, you did it better than they did. And it's yeah. going to be, ent uh, is the game going to be on TV Saturday? Uh, yeah, it's on, it's on something. I'm not for sure exactly which one, Coach. I should yeah. know that, but I don't. I'll find it. I'll but find coach, it. But, Coach, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that Doc had has going or, or had going for him, and and I had going for for me uh, the first time that we were we were both head coaches, was in a town uh, where they had a pretty good basketball coach there, and and who who uh, helped them so much as first time head coaches. And I know we Doc and I have talked about so many times how much you meant to both of our careers, getting off to a good start and. And, uh, you know, you, you set the bar so high in El Paso for so long, and, and we got to be good friends with you, and we didn't want to let you down. And that well, means a lot to us, well, uh, the, the impact that you've made on both of our careers, at, at, you know, right at the start, and we sure do appreciate it. Uh, Billy, I thank you, and I don't think I helped either one of you, but the thing that I have really enjoyed is... Uh, you know, we always have a weekly conversation or two, uh -huh. and uh, I know you're busy, but you're, you know, I'll, when I call, you're always available, and you'll call me. Sometimes, you know, Billy never sleeps, so he calls early in the morning. Doc don't sleep, so he calls early in the morning. And uh, uh, I talked to him after the Texas Tech game, and, uh, you know, he did something to uh, Bob Knight that I haven't watched before, and that's putting that box and one on them. They put it on them. They, they did. They, uh, they, they held them to 59 points. I couldn't believe it. You know, the thing about it is a lot of us try a lot of those things, the gimmick defenses or whatever, but Doc had the claim on two working that night, and the box and one. And, you know, Coach, uh, a lot of people try a lot of that stuff, including us. And then, and then a team makes a three, and then we get out of it. All the, all the, but Doc stuck with us the other night. And, and that really played a major factor in them winning that ball game. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, uh, when you play a little bit of a gimmick defense, but <clears throat> you and Doc are the same way. There's three, there's three defenses I've watched in the country, and, and I know I'm prejudiced. But uh, yourself, uh, you've got a great defensive team, Doc Sadler and Tim Floyd. Now, the, you are the guys I really watch. I'm sure there's a lot of others. And one of the things that you got over when I first started coaching college basketball, I wouldn't see a good defense maybe all oh, four or five times a year. 
And I tell you what, nowadays all these guys, you know, can coach, and uh, uh, you sit damn near every night. There's a lot of good players and good teams. Oh yeah, they are. Billy Gillespie joining us as we continue on the Don Haskins Show. What's College Station been like the last couple of years since you've transformed a Texas A&M into a legitimate uh, basketball power right now? Well, we're not a power yet, Steve, but we're, we're trying oh, to... Oh, uh, Billy, to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> basketball, hey, basketball at Texas A&M used to be the sport between football and spring practice. And uh, that's not true anymore. Uh, yeah. You got that place jam packed. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day. I don't. I think the Texas game, and you had people camped out a couple of days before That's great. to get tickets, and it was just a little bit cold there. So yeah. I don't. I don't want to hear about uh, uh, basketball. Uh, the year before you got there, they were 0 and 16 in that league, and I thought had some decent talent. And uh, I cannot. I knew you'd change it, but I didn't think it'd be this quick. Well, you know how it is, Coach. We had some good players here, and, and we got them to, like you said earlier, we got them to buy into what we're trying to do, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. But a lot of work left to do with seven conference games left. Everybody wants to get excited about Monday and Saturday, but we got we got seven conference games left, and we got to we got to get better. That's why you're good, Billy. You always want to get better. Uh, I, I can see your team going a long way in the NCAA tournament. I'm not trying to put you on the spot because to do that, you've got to have a break a long way. And if, as I recall, last year, uh, the team that made it to Final Four, uh, LSU, beat you in a one-pointer, correct? Right. And uh, uh, you could have been there last year, and your team's, is, is better this year. A.C. Law is as good a guard as I've watched, and I watched him before you got there his freshman year. Of course, he was a freshman. But uh, um, I'll tell you what, the guy, um, I haven't seen any better guard in the country this year than A.C. Law. He's and a I, hard worker. Uh, he oh, he, he's, got, he's yeah. got to be to make the progress that he's made. And I love Big Jones. And uh, uh, it doesn't seem like to me that he's moving around as much as he did a year. And the the one I got that from was you. Uh, you <laughs> told me that because you're not satisfied ever. Well, and he's, uh, he's, he's, I think he's uh, the last couple of days he's been great. So hopefully, hopefully he's going to finish up strong. Look hey, pretty. coach, I was, uh, when we were in Kansas last week, this guy came up to me, and, and uh, he was talking about. Uh, he knew I'd been at UTEP before, and he said, hey, uh, I'm still mad from 1966 when we played UTEP, and they had JoJo White. He said, man, I don't know how we lost that game. <laughs> but they're, they're still mad about that. <laughs> well, uh, it was a good game. And Billy is one of those things I was just talking about. We beat them in an overtime, and had they beaten us, they might have won the NCAA tournament. Huh. So you got to have a little luck. Yeah. Margin for error is small, isn't it? Oh, isn't, isn't that the truth? A free throw here, a turnover there, rebound. Uh, last night I was watching Tim play, Tim Floyd at <clears throat> Southern Cal, uh -huh. playing UCLA. And, by the way, Billy got beat three points. There's 
three. Is that score right? I think you got beat 66 63. Hey, yeah, uh, 65 62. Yeah. Well, I'm, wrong, I'm wrong again. You're off by a point. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 65 62. Got beat three. I knew it was three. But uh, uh, <clears throat> I doubt very much if they could beat you at AM. Um, you played, a, I thought Tim's team played a great game, but he had some bad bounces on rebounds. And. Uh, you know, they, they got a lot of second-chance uh, opportunities, or he could have won. You know, it's just, I, th I think regardless of how good a team you are, how good the coaching is, you got, you know, there's got to be some, got to be some breaks. Yeah. You got you to gotta have the ball bounce your way a couple times during You the better game. believe it. You're right. Billy, uh, a lot of people out there probably wondering, how good is Kevin Durant of Texas? You saw him firsthand just a few days ago. Give me uh, your thoughts on the uh, talented freshman for the Longhorns. He's something else, Steve. He, he's, he's really something else. Uh, we tried a little boxing one. We tried a little triangle two. We tried man-to-man -man that we're decent at usually, and we couldn't guard him. And, uh, he, well, you held him to 28, Billy. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the least he's been held to. You know, that, that's the thing, Coach. We, you and I both can hold we can laugh about that, but I know both of us cringe when guy, we say, well, we have a guy with 28, but, but it is under his average. But what a, what a, what a good player he is. But, Steve, you know, hey. the most Im impressive thing about him is this. He, yes. When they got there, their team got there about two hours before the game started. He went out there immediately started working on his shot and some ball fake stuff. And then uh, during the game, if you ever watch him very closely, he's always got a smile on his face. He's a, he's a great sportsman. He's a, he's a, I mean, great sportsmanship, and he's a very intense competitor. I mean, he's fantastic for, for college basketball. Hey, uh, Billy, there's one good thing about it. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. You won't have to see him next year. <laughs> hey, coach, they, they asked me before the game uh, who could have some success. Thank you a lot. And, and I said, hey, NBA players. <laughs> so that's about oh. the only ones that could possibly hey, uh, What town's he from, Billy? He's from the uh, Western D.C. area. All right. Now, you've got a freshman coming in next year from Houston. Isn't that right? That's right. He's a great player. How big is he? Uh, seven, about seven foot. Weighs about 255 right now. Oh, and my God. Run, run like a deer. That's great. Oh. Uh, uh, will you have him more than one year? Well, I... He, don't don't, don't get him good too quick. Maybe you can keep him too. There you go. Have you been able to turn the uh, Texas uh, Texas A and M rivalry for basketball into what we uh, see at football this season every year, Coach? Well, it's a pretty con uh, pretty intense rivalry, but it's not a complete rivalry until you win enough games. You know, and, and uh, it's a rivalry. Let me answer it for him. <laughs> they go after I see the horn. Horn fans, uh, fans here in town uh, that are still complaining. You, you, they didn't want to see you go to A and M, and I can understand why. Billy, I like, I just like the fact that uh, Coach Haskins is here to translate each of your answers into uh, what they really mean. I think that's. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. I know. I know El Paso understands it, but what, what a, what a great guy that guy is, and how much. I tell you, we were, I was talking to somebody about how much Coach has meant to the city and continues to mean to the city. I, I don't know if there's a place in the world, Coach, where 
one guy means more to a city for what you've done and what you keep on doing, so keep it up. Well, thank you, Billy. That's very nice of you to say. Uh, um, Keep up a good work there. We're going to try. Oh, I know, and I'll be watching. Very nice. With Texas A&M and Nebraska coming up on Saturday. Billy, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. We always appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you come back to town. I know you get a chance to make it back every so often, and uh, it's always fun whenever you come back to El Paso. Well, tell everybody hello for me, and uh, thanks for having me on, Steve. Hey, uh, thank you. Billy, let's talk in the next day or two. Okay. Okay. Thank you a lot. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Adios. Billy Gillespie joining us uh, here on the Don Haskins Show. 7.38 now the time. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. More in a moment. Your phone calls. 880-5763. border bucks card from Howdy's Food Mart on the line to the caller of the show. We've got lines available if you want to follow Billy Gillespie and get in with the coach in our final 20 minutes from Fuddruckers West. You're listening to News Radio KROD. Miss a lot. AM 600 News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from Fuddruckers, 741 the time, our final 20 minutes of the Don Haskins Show, 880-5763-880-KROD. If you want to get in with the Hall of Famer, you've got a shot at winning that $50 Border Bucks card from Howdy's Food Mart, an official sponsor of the Don Haskins Show. Our thanks again to Billy Gillespie, head coach of uh, Texas A&M. What a... Uh, what a job he's done. He's so modest. He always downplays everything. He did that at UTEP, but it's pretty obvious right now they are a legitimate national power. They're the best team in the Big 12, and Gillespie has turned a city that didn't even know what a basketball was into a, uh, into a basketball town right now. Uh, probably shouldn't say this. Billy would get mad at me, but uh, right now, you know, he asked me, he said uh, a couple of days ago, uh, they're trying to renew his contract. And yep. What does he do? I said I never was very good at that. So uh, you'll have to go ask someone else. But he needs to get him an agent because he's they're going to need to. He's print. the hottest commodity yeah. in the country. They're going to need to print more money to pay him because and they don't have pay- it right now. I'll tell you what. When he left here and went there, yeah, uh, he got a raise of about seven hundred thousand. Yeah. And. Um, uh, uh, I would not be surprised if he's making $2 million next year at Texas A&M. Would not surprise me one bit. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let me go back to the phones. 880-5763, 880-KROD. Rodrigo, joining us next from the east side of town. Rodrigo, welcome to the Don Haskins Show. You're on with the Bear. Thank you, Steve. Coach, what a wonderful show you guys have. Uh, I don't get to listen to it much because of a lot of work-related responsibilities, but... Whenever I do get a chance, it's just a pleasure uh, listening to you, Coach, and all the great... Well, thank you for calling. Terrific, terrific, Coach. You're an inspiration to this whole city and to many people around the country. So 
Just want to say thank you and keep up the great work. And what a great interview with Billy Gillespie. I mean, that guy is probably the hottest coach in the nation right now. After listening to him earlier today in a, another major radio uh, program that's nationwide, um, I'm not going to mention any names. You know, the other hottest commodity is uh, Doc Sadler over in Nebraska. That is true, Coach. And uh, we got a guy too. here that's going to do the same thing. You know what? I or, like Tony Barbie, too. Coach. I, I do. He's going to be a good one. He, he works hard. Uh, it's going to take him a year or so. He needs some. He probably needs a big guy in the middle. And uh, um, with all his enthusiasm, he will get them. Definitely, Coach. I couldn't agree with you more. I think yeah. he has all the tools to be, a, you know, the next big young coaching star. And just, you know, question about that. Just wanted to say, you know, guys, I really appreciate your show. Uh, Coach, like I said, uh, we are, you know, a big fan of yours. All El Paso loves you. I know you have many, many fans all over the country. Just keep up the great work. Keep, keep, uh, keep those great interviews coming because we really, truly enjoy it. And we hope to get to hear you many, many more from your coach. Hey, thank you very much for calling. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rodrigo. We'll talk to you soon. All right. 880-5763-880-KROD, our telephone number as we continue here on the Don Haskins Show. If you want to follow that phone call up, we've got lines available right now, and we've got about 15 minutes left before we wrap things up from Fuddruckers on the West Side. Our next show will be two weeks from tonight. We'll be back on the 22nd of this month with more of the Don Haskins Show, and we've got a lot of other great guests lined up, so we're looking forward to that. You've got to be pretty happy. In the, in the last week, we took a lot of calls on this, the last two or three shows. A lot of people upset with the banners at the Don Haskins Center, wanted the old banners back, the uh, news uh, from uh, Athletic Director Bob Stoll that the old banners returning to the rafters by the next home game, which will be, I believe, a week from Saturday night. So minor basketball fans that have been missing those things all year long will get a chance to have them back hanging up in the rafters. Well, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's a form of, uh, Tim Floyd put this up originally. Yeah. And then we've added to him. You know, Doc Sadler put up a couple. Billy Gillespie, second year, put up an NCAA banner. But uh, Steve, probably the most famous banner in there, including the 66 banner, is 1957. Um, a lot of people in El Paso might not know this. Um, George McCarty was coaching the team, one of the two men that uh, uh, hired me. And George had a player by the name of Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. Charlie was the first black player in the South. So when they hang that banner, uh, they need to put it right in the middle of the building. I've, you know, it's um, also, this is the 50th anniversary of that team. It would right. be kind of nice to see them try to bring as many of the uh, living players back hey, from that um, team as they can and get them back for a reunion for the 50th anniversary. The, you know, there, there's, uh, uh, um, there's several of them yeah, around sure. in town, and uh, uh, they need uh, some time at halftime uh, have all those guys... Um, Alvis Glidewell, uh, John Sanders, I know lives here, and I'm sure there's others. That would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, I'd love it. I'd just love it. Yeah, me too, and I think it's something that uh, hopefully we'll see. Meanwhile... But uh, I am, I'm glad the banners are going up. I think it'll help uh, uh, Tony's recruiting. You know, you yep. go into some basketball arenas around the country last night. Of course, you know, UCLA, got, they've got 10 national championship banners. 
but that place is filled with them. And uh, uh, just looking at it, coming in as a player, uh, it'd be tough. I know uh, one time we played at Kansas, and we didn't play them, but I had to finally go tell. We were playing someone else as a doubleheader, yeah. and I had to go tell some of my guys to quit looking at the ceiling because they were not. Beto Fournier has a uh, started the Bob bring our <laughs> banners back and uh, was very vocal well, in trying to get these things back. And Beto, uh, along with a lot of other El Pasoans, felt strong enough to really make the push. And I'm just happy to see that uh, things are getting done. It's nice. Well, I, th- I think it's real nice, and and uh, I just think uh, the, the banners being up helps our basketball team, and that's what we all want. We want to see them get better, and. Uh, uh, I forget who told me. Oh, Bill Knight told me that a couple of the players asked him where the banners went. So I'm I'm glad I'm happy that our present players um, noticed that t- noticed it. Eight eight zero five seven six three eight eight zero K R O D our telephone number. You want to duck in a phone call? You still have time to do it before we wrap things up. Memphis and UAB is on right now. Eleven seven Memphis uh, leading. Uh, this game as they've played about uh, six and a half minutes of the first half and um, Memphis is on TV all the time now they're 10th in the country so I understand why but it's also nice to watch some conference USA basketball when it doesn't involve UTEP because the Tigers will be making their uh, debut in El Paso uh, against the UTEP in a couple of weeks and a game that I know a lot of UTEP fans are looking forward to well the only two it's not looking for is John Calipari uh, and Tony, uh, like we were just talking about a while ago, those are those are tough games. Yeah, they are. But we'll see if uh, Memphis will be able to uh, win on the road, as they've uh, really put themselves in a great position. And you know, we'll know they'll be ranked in the top 25. They very easily could be ranked in the top uh, within the top 10 by that game if they keep winning. Uh, they very well could be. They got great athletes. Um, well, I'm just watching them right now. They, um, boy, they they got guys that can shoot, they can run, they play defense, but they got the thing that we don't have. They don't. They have great inside players, and you know uh, the guys we got playing inside could play outside. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not big enough to play where they're trying to play. I think a lot of UTEP fans are going to be excited to see the uh, height that'll be brought in next year because all of a sudden if you've got a couple of six eight six nine or seven footers that come to this uh, rotation you're going to see a totally different end result on the basketball hey, uh, court. Steve we got a guy slaying out that's that's about true. six eight I can't think of his name he's Tavares, you're talking about Tavares Watts yes okay yeah from Florida yeah he's supposed to be a great player I've heard good things about yeah, uh, Watts, too. I have, too. That was actually one of the uh, I think Doc's he's practicing now. That's another one of Doc's guys. Junior college recruits that right. joined, uh, joined the ranks of everybody else that's going to be a part of next year's team. Well, he so. is an inside player. Yes, and that's definitely something yeah. that this team is uh, w- desperately waiting for for next year because when you look at the style of play that uh, John, uh, that uh, I should say uh, Tony Barbie uh, has at UTEP, it's a style that really needs that inside presence. It's its really difficult to play that when you don't have a dominant big man. Oh, yeah. Now, I think Maurice Thomas has come a long way this season. I really I, think he he's, is the he's most developing. Impre- I think he's the most improved player by far that I we have. Too. Speaking of improved, Kevin Henderson 
has put together better, uh, more, you know, strong games in the last uh, 10 or 12 games than he had his entire uh, two years in El Paso with the minors. And uh, it's good to see that the senior is uh, finishing uh, the last half of his uh, UTEP career off strong. Uh, Steve, I've always said this about jun junior college players. A lot of times uh, you use up a year to get a year. And uh, Kevin's improved tremendously like most, most JCs do. Why is it so tough? For a JC player to come in and have the instant impact that, let's just say, for argument's sake, a Philly Rivera or an Omar Thomas had, because they came in and they had absolutely no trouble adjusting. But for the most part, JC players really struggle that first year. They really do. Uh, you know, uh, one of my first great players, Jim Barnes. Uh, it didn't take him two years, but it was around Christmas his first year. Yeah. Because in junior college, he'd been playing against small guys. And he got to tiptoe around, didn't have to work real hard. And uh, he finally figured it out. And uh, pretty obvious he figured it out pretty well because he became the first draft choice in the nation his senior year. Some, right. Something that uh, made him one of the uh, legendary players uh, in minor lore. And, and you're right about that. And you've had some good ones, but one of the first great ones uh, was, was, definitely, uh, was definitely him. So. Yeah, he was a good one. You joined us yesterday talking to Mike Price about the football recruiting class. You, you getting kind of excited already about the, uh, the new season coming up for UTEP football? Oh, yeah, I sure am. And um, How many did we assign? I saw 17, 17. 17 high school players, and there's a, a total of 29 if you count the gray shirts, the transfers, and the junior college oh, How players. many JCs we signed? I believe there would be about six. Six, Six or seven JC. Well, players. we signed a freshman from uh, here in town. That uh, yep, right uh, here from uh, from Andrews High. You're talking, oh right, you're right. talking about uh, Chris Dell. Right. Uh, sounds like he's a tremendous prospect, and you know I, I think it's always good to have some uh, uh, local players that are playing a lot. Uh, Rodriguez, um, the linebacker, and you know there's been a lot of others, but. Uh, uh, Paul Smith, uh, Brian Young, you know, those guys come from El Paso, Texas. Yeah, they do. And uh, a lot of people are looking forward to, uh, there's going to be some transfers next season that's going to have a big impact on this team as well. And the big question will be who will be quarterbacking them. I'm sure that's something that Mike Price has um, a few months to try to work out before he decides who his starter is going to be. I think that is going to uh, uh, Jordan Palmer, regardless of what uh, people said. He's a tremendous quarterback. And, you know, we had an offensive line that was hurt yeah. the entire year. And a lot of times we were playing with four freshmen. And uh, uh, he got sacked a lot. But when he threw it, uh, I got a feeling he'll play in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. That, you know, not knowing that any more than I know about football. Yeah. But I know one thing that I've always heard. The, the quarterbacks in the NFL have got a – Throw that 40 yards and out to the sideline. He can do that. I never even got your thoughts. Speaking of the NFL, I never got your thoughts on the Super Bowl from uh, this past weekend. Kind of a rainy Super Bowl, a sloppy first half, but Peyton Manning and the Colts ended up getting the victory. And um, now uh, Manning at least uh, tries to cement his reputation as a guy that will eventually make the Hall of Fame and has a Super Bowl. Well, ring. I think uh, that's probably going to happen. And I think we already said this earlier in the show, but if Peyton Manning was quarterback 
for Chicago, yep. they would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And exactly. uh, I think Gross, Rex Grossman is very good. But uh, we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks probably that has ever been in the NFL. You know what? We've got our Caller of the Night uh, award right now. And we've got some good questions. I thought Mike and David both had great questions. Mike asked about the best NFL team in the Super Bowl era that you've seen in grading Doc's job at Nebraska. David wanted to know from Coach Brooks, when we get a state football champion in El Paso in the next five to ten years? Two uh, excellent questions on the show today. So we got to go ahead and give the caller of the show out. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking Mike from East El Paso. Right. So Mike, I thought both of them were very good. They were. Coach, have a great next couple weeks. We'll see you right back out here next uh, two weeks from Thursday at Fuddruckers. Thank you a lot, Steve. You bet. That's going to do it for us. want to thank uh, all of our guests, Don Brooks, Billy Gillespie, Tracy uh, Chenault-Shank as well. So for The Bear, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll see you in two weeks on The Don Haskins Show. You've been listening to The Don Haskins Show. Brought to you by Fuddruckers, EPT Management, Howdy, Land America Lawyers Title of El Paso, McCrory's Pharmacy, Price's Creamery, Radisson El Paso Airport, The Rental Network, Technology Management Solutions, and Time Warner Cable. Join us again in two weeks for more of The Don Haskins Show on News Radio AM 600 KROD. Based in El Paso, but listening to the world. News Radio KROD.